Welcome to Critical Psychiatry Talks. Critical psychiatry is a broad critique of mainstream psychiatry that has emerged in recent years, challenging some of psychiatry's most deeply held assumptions. Although there is no definitive critical psychiatry position, in general, it is critical of the idea that psychiatric illness is best or most usefully thought of as simply a brain illness, or the idea that psychiatric drugs can cure or fix the problems that are presented in psychiatry. It is particularly skeptical of the role that pharmaceutical companies have played in shaping the practice of psychiatry and societal views of mental health problems. The ultimate aim of critical perspectives in psychiatry is to produce a more reflective, skeptical and patient-centered approach to the theory and practice of psychiatry. These ideas are brought together by a collection of psychiatrists called the Critical Psychiatry Network. This network was founded by a group of UK psychiatrists who got together in 1999 to discuss changes to the Mental Health Act proposed at the time in the United Kingdom. Currently, the group consists of over 350 psychiatrists, two thirds of whom are based in the United Kingdom, the rest spread around the world. So this podcast was created by a spin-off group of the Critical Psychiatry Network, mainly consistent with junior doctors. We decided to create a place for critically-minded trainees to share and explore ideas. We did so by inviting some senior critical psychiatrists and other thinkers in the area, as well as people with lived experiences of the mental health system, to give talks. And so far, we've had about a dozen lively talks, sparking much discussion, and decided we should share them with a wider audience. Because they originally recorded as Zoom talks, sometimes reference we made to an image on the screen, but alas, this will be lost in translation to the podcast format. There was much discussion about what the podcast should be called, and eventually the decision was made by using only the Scrabble letters that May's dog had not eaten to make a logo out of a Scrabble board. And so after these great deliberations, the podcast, Critical Psychiatry Talks was born. So who are the people behind the podcast? My name is Mylan and I am a junior doctor from Argentina. I will be starting my foundation training in Wales this coming August. I am currently working in a psychiatric female inpatient unit, and this has reinforced my notion of how we desperately need spaces like these sessions to ignite discussions to rethink the profession. Personally, many paths have led me to become interested in a critical approach to psychiatry. However, I would say that the most relevant one was when a few years ago I was chatting to a good friend of mine who had been diagnosed with bipolar affective disorder in his early teens and had suffered many admissions into the Spanish mental health system. By the time we had this conversation, he was 30-something, and he had been on psychiatric medication for about 20 years and was trying to come off them. He was finding little or no support whatsoever from his community mental health team. In fact, all the contrary. He found himself investigating this and finding other resources on the internet 
and this is when he pointed me in the direction of Joanna Moncrieff, Piero Cipriano, Franco Basaglia, and many others. I have to say, though, that during my medical training, and after that, when I became interested in psychiatry, my impression had remained that when somebody is in mental distress, the only thing that the system is set up to do is to maybe admit them, but of course to medicate them and then send them back to the environments where their problems originated. I do believe, however, that people who work in mental health have the best intentions, but most of the time they have very few resources and a lot of misinformation regarding psychiatric medication. So it seems to me that we need a broader view of what causes mental illnesses to accept that these are multifactorial and that we as a community need to focus more on that than only on chemical imbalances. Hi, my name is Alex. I'm a registrar. I currently work in North London. I joined this network three years ago. And one of the reasons we set up this podcast is really to allow people to get an alternative view on psychiatry and I found that in my training I was taught generally to prescribe medications for people's problems and and when I started clinical practice I often found that medications had quite limited values and quite a lot of people kept coming back not feeling any better um, so I think hopefully this this podcast gives opportunity to hear from lots of different people who have alternative views on psychiatry I've personally found it very helpful and um, because quite often people come back after medications haven't worked and understanding really the limitations of some of these tablets has been helpful and I feel personally that um, there is an aspect of our medical training that could be improved because I think this message I found out quite late so hopefully um, people here would find these talks very useful and thank you. My name is Andrea Atri and I am a psychiatric survivor and a psychiatry trainee in Mexico City. My journey in psychiatry started when I was young. My sister was diagnosed with bipolar disorder, so I became familiarized with the system from a young age. When I was a teenager, I was diagnosed with a psychiatric disorder myself and was started on medication. During a long time, I looked for answers in the biological model and explanations I was given. At a point, I was taking six different medications at a time and still miserable. I studied medicine, wanting to become a psychiatrist. However, after a long journey inspired by my sister's bravery to question such a system, I started to become more critical. I remember the fear I felt when she told me she wanted to come off medicine. However, that led us eventually into reading Joanna Moncrief, Lucy Johnston, and R.D. Lang, among other critical writers. And eventually started a shared process that lasted years of us tapering off of our drugs. Once off medication, I began to feel more energetic and passionate about the individualized, reductionist, and simplified approach found in psychiatry and the lack of counter-hegemonic voices and movements in Mexico. Therefore, I decided to go into psychiatry. 
It is a four-year program in Mexico, and I am currently in my third. And this three, these past three years have given me clarity regarding the coercive nature of psychiatry, and more than once, I've definitely wanted to drop out. However, the awareness of all the injustices I've witnessed fuel my desire to open new possibilities for other people in the psychiatric system in my country. Knowing I am not alone through connecting with the people in the, psych in the critical psychiatry network and through these talks has given me hope and a sense of direction and has been crucial in grounding my criticalness, not only in my personal experience as I navigate through my trainee years. My name is Tom Stockman. I'm a fairly new consultant working in general adult psychiatry in Yorkshire. And I spent my training years down in North East and East London. I developed doubts or concerns about psychiatry around the time I was studying for my uh, postgraduate exams. I felt increasingly that there was a discrepancy between the way we were expected to learn about our profession and how to practice it and what seemed to my mind to be in the best interests of patients. One of the themes at the heart of this was, it seemed to me, a predominantly expert-driven approach with a gulf in power between the doctor and the patient and family. And this was despite the foundations of our expertise. For example, the evidence behind the two presumed major roles of a psychiatrist, diagnosis and prescription of medication, being much shakier than one might assume. These doubts were really reinforced by my own subsequent experience of being on the other side of the psychiatrist's desk. Despite my relative power, given my professional training and post, I found this a profoundly disempowering experience. I felt that attempts to give my own meanings about the situation, how it could be improved, were disregarded in favour of a biologically dominated technical approach to finding a diagnostic label and pressure to start medication despite my doubts about this I went on to experience significant difficulties in reducing and stopping antidepressants due to withdrawal symptoms. This area remains of particular interest to me and together with people in this group and beyond, I'm trying to play a small part in um, improving. In terms of the Critical Psychiatry Network, I joined after Joanna Moncrief spoke at our uh, postgraduate teaching I later worked for her as a trainee and was lucky enough to become the um, the first clinical research fellow on her radar trial research into antipsychotic discontinuation and reduction. I was also lucky to work in the same trust as Russell Rosat, who is leading the initiative to implement peer-supported open dialogue into the NHS. I have trained and uh, practiced in peer-supported open dialogue and hope that the ongoing Odyssey trial comparing this to current treatment leads to expansion of this approach throughout the NHS and beyond. 
Open Dialogue, with its fundamental emphasis of socio-political factors in mental health, and thoughtful prescribing and, crucially, de-prescribing in psychiatry, form a particular focus of my work, and I think represent important ways in which we can improve our profession. My name is Mark Horowitz, and I am a training psychiatrist originally from Australia, but now working as a clinical research fellow at University College London and the North East London NHS Foundation Trust on the radar trial. I have always been intrigued by understanding psychiatric conditions via understanding the brain. And this led to me doing a PhD in the neurobiology of depression and how antidepressants work at the Institute of Psychiatry at King's College London, where I was immersed in a reductionist view of understanding psychiatric conditions. Um, at the same time, I had also been taking psychiatric medication since I was a medical student. In fact, as the years went on and I was diagnosed with subsequent conditions such as narcolepsy, the number of psychoactive medications I was on only increased. I had a rude awakening to the nature of these drugs when I tried to come off them just after my PhD. I experienced insomnia, panic attacks, dizziness and disorientation in a manner that was nothing like the Woody Allen level neurosis that had started me on these medications in the first place. I was also surprised to find that the trouble with memory and concentration that I had had for years improved as I lowered my dose. During this period of trying to work out what was happening to me, I found that the psychiatric authorities that I had studied under in my PhD had dismissed the issue of withdrawal from psychiatric drugs as minor and even ridiculed patients for complaining of the problem, very much in line with what drug companies were saying. These authorities recommended stopping the drugs over two to four weeks, a time period I knew firsthand was dangerous. Instead, I found tens of thousands of other people in online peer support groups suffering from many of the same problems that I was experiencing. And even more helpfully for me at the time, these groups had devised methods to come off these medications more safely. I found this situation baffling. Why was an online peer support group more helpful to me than the top professors in psychopharmacology. This led to me becoming very interested in the small field of de-prescribing medication and forced me to re-examine many of the ideas that I had about psychiatric medication and the psychiatric approach in general. Through reading Robert Whitaker, Peter Gottscher, and Joanna Moncrief, I came to understand that I had so far been presented a very stage-managed, narrow view of how drugs work and how psychiatric conditions are defined. Hearing about the drug-centered model of psychiatric drug action and seeing in black and white the evidence for long-term effects of the drugs we prescribe, as well as other approaches to psychiatric conditions, was eye-opening. I have spent my time over the last couple of years doing work on how to safely stop psychiatric drugs, including writing papers and co-authoring the Royal College of Psychiatry guidance on how to stop antidepressants, and I'm currently writing a textbook on how to de-prescribe psychiatric drugs, which I hope will make this practice more widely known to doctors and prevent patients having to work things out for themselves in their kitchens. Joining the Critical Psychiatry Network and meeting other inquiring psychiatrists and hearing from the speakers we have on this podcast has been extremely helpful to me 
in making sense of this field. We hope that you enjoy these sessions as much as we have. And if you are a psychiatry trainee or interested doctor and want to join these sessions, please drop us an email, which will be in the podcast description. See you all again soon.